This is God's word for me today. I'm going to have you give you the opportunity to look up Matthew chapter 26. So this is going to be the third and final message of the series, What Kind of Man? Or if your pastor was saying Southern Gospel, he would sing this song. Um, so this, in this morning's sermon, we find a man called Simon Peter. And Simon Peter was one of Jesus' closest friends. He was one of Jesus' greatest allies on this earth. He was a man who, who promised Jesus that no matter what happens, I will be by your side. I will follow you to death, Jesus. So here we are this morning. Peter getting the opportunity to show Jesus just exactly what he's made of. Matthew chapter 26, verses 30 through 35. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus said to them, You will all fall away because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered him, Though they all fall away because of you, I will never fall away. Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. And all the disciples said the same. Let's pray. Lord, God, I thank you for your word. It is real. It is powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. And so, Lord, this morning I pray that your word would pierce our hearts. I pray that your Holy Spirit would open our hearts. And I pray, Lord, that we would allow you to do in us a work today. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So my first thought this morning for this morning was, will the real Peter please stand up? You see, Peter chopped off the ear, and Peter did that, and Peter did that, and, and then we see this grand statement from Peter. And I think sometimes as we look at it, it would be really easy to look at Peter and kind of point a finger and say, I would never do that. You must be weak, Peter. Point number one this morning is the Spirit is willing. Now, how many of you, and you don't have to raise your hands, how many of you have ever said, I'm going to start that diet Monday morning? Well, see, some of you tell on yourselves you didn't even have to. And how many failed? Well, maybe you started there for a day and Monday and Tuesday. The Spirit was there, man. I am going to, I have made up my mind. I'm dieting. What about all those New Year's resolutions? I refuse to make New Year's resolutions because I know, okay? The Spirit is willing, you know, come about December, you know, right after Christmas, you start saying, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do this next year, and I'm going to do that next year, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be better. And, and, and life happens, so the Spirit is willing. I there's many things in life I want to do. The spirit, you know, I rise up and and boy, I'm going to 
do this. And don't ask my wife to tell you the list of things. But there's probably a lot of things she could remember. Like, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, the Spirit is willing. I want to. I really do. I want to. You see, Peter says this, even if I must die with you, I will not deny you. Because of Peter's spirit, he takes a stand. And he says, I will stand beside you, Jesus. I will do whatever it takes. You know, I I can almost imagine hearing Peter's voice as he tells the Lord, Not me, Lord. I'm staying with you. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I'm with you till the end. And then he says, in my mind, he he says it maybe a little different. He says, these other guys, maybe they aren't strong enough. Maybe they aren't man enough. Maybe they don't trust you enough. Maybe they're just a bunch of sissies. They may not do it. They may all fall away. But Lord, you're looking at the guy who's going with you to the end. See, that's the Peter that, that, that we're talking about. He, his spirit says inside me, I, I'm going to do this, Lord. I'm going to do it. I really believe Peter thought he was up to the challenge. I don't believe Peter was just blowing smoke. I believe Peter thought that no matter what happens, I'm going to do this. How many have ever been there? There's a temptation and, and you thought, no matter what, I'm not doing that again. No matter what, Lord, I, I'm not. I'm. I'm out. I'm, I'm not. That's not me. Any. How many times have we taken that stand? I believe Peter thought, and I believe Peter intended to follow through. You've all heard that old saying: uh, "The road to hell is paved with good intentions." I believe Peter intended to do the very thing that he said he was going to follow Jesus, no matter what. I believe that in his heart, he thought that that's the way it's going to be. You see, temptation can be a very powerful thing. Temptation can come in in those moments when we don't expect it and and begin to mess with us. We tell God, God, if you'll just help me this one time, I'll never do that again. God, if you just get me out of this situation, I will follow you. God, God, if you'll just heal me this time, I will do everything you ask me to do. God, if you'll just get me through this rough patch, I'll go wherever you want me to go. Well, I've, I've been in church all my life, and I've seen a lot of people that they come to church until everything's going good. They come in with problems. They come in with needs. They come in with circumstances. God, there's times I don't understand God. I really, well, a lot of times. But God will do some miraculous thing for some people, and instead of drawing them closer, then once everything's good, they decide they don't need Him anymore. So they're out the door. And sometimes we just, God, if you will just help me this one time, I'll do everything you ask, and God God does it. I don't understand why, but He does it, and then we get on the other side of it, and we forget that we had told God we would do whatever He asked, because He comes asking something, and we're like, oh, 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 wait a minute, God, I'm too busy, right? We already heard about that this morning. Oh, I can't do that today, God. I, 
You realize they're my favorite shows on TV tonight? I can't go do that. God, do you realize I've got, you know, I've got this to do. And unfortunately, I don't think there's probably anyone in this room that could stand and say, well, I've never done that. Because I, I, one, I wouldn't believe you. <laughs> Maybe you'd be telling the truth. I don't know. You see, I believe just like Peter that you and I have every intention to follow through on our promises. I believe just like Peter, I, I firmly believe that when you tell God that, you mean it. I believe that. Because I know that to be true. I tell God, I, I, I mean it, God. I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to change. I'm going to start reading my Bible more and I'm going to start praying more and, and, and I'm not going to look at Facebook until I'm done with everything else that's important with you. And then sometimes that ding, we talked about it, that ding. Oh, I've got to check that. That might be important, God. And I wonder if God's saying, is it more important than me? Now, I'm just being honest and raw with you this morning because I'm writing the same. I'm not saying it out of judgment, being judgmental because I know, and we talked about it, when that phone dings, I want to know why it's dinging. I want to know who might just have posted something on somebody else's timeline or some stupid thing that, that has no importance at all, but, but, but something about it. Even though I don't, I know I shouldn't, even though I know I should be devoting my time to something else, even though I know I should be praying or reading my Bible or whatever it would be that I told God I would do. But I believe it's a battle that we're in today. Even though our spirit says, yes, 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 sometimes. Point number two, the flesh is weak. Matthew chapter 26 goes on in verses 69 through 75. Now Peter was sitting outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came up to him and said, you also were with Jesus the Galilean. Now see, Jesus is in getting tried, Peter's outside by the fire getting warm. And this really, really scary looking servant girl. Really? This little servant girl comes up and says, well, weren't you with Jesus? But he denied it before them all. Can you imagine how, how he had to really make it sound? He didn't just say, no, 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 no. That wasn't me. It says here he denied it before them all. He said, no, no, that wasn't me. He put on his loud outside voice. That, no, you're wrong there. You got the wrong guy. Saying, I do not know what you mean. And he went out to the entrance. Another servant girl saw him, and she said to the bystanders, this man was with Jesus of Nazareth. Now this one's a little more loud and accusatory. And again, he denied it with an oath. I do not know the man. So now he, not, he wasn't with him. Now he says, I don't know him. And after a little while, the bystanders came up and said to Peter, certainly you, are, you too are one of them, for your accent betrays you. Then he began to invoke a curse on himself and to swear, I do not know the man. And immediately the roaster, crew, roaster crowed. Rooster crowed. Roaster crude. And, and Peter remembered the saying of Jesus, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. This is where the commentators would say, come on, man. Just exactly what Jesus said would happen. 
took place. You see, the Spirit was willing. He had every intention. But the flesh was weak. The flesh began to look at all the options, okay? The flesh began to see the, what the outcome might be. And the flesh began to allow fear to creep in. You see, the question is, what happens when the pressure gets put on? What happens when temptation is not just something that we've heard about, but it's something that's staring us in the face? It's something that's standing before us. It's something that, that's making us begin to think about our options. Gets a little tougher. You see, and I believe and I know as Christians, there are many times that we, temptation stands in front of us and we look it in the eye and we say, get out of here, temptation. Not today. I believe, as Christians, I believe that happens most of the time. Because in your life, I hope is the same in mine, most of the times I can, I can get temptation and I can defeat it with the help and the power of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ alive in me. Most of the time, I am I'm victorious. But if you're like me, sometimes the flesh is weak. Sometimes the flesh gives in. Sometimes I let my emotions get away from me. Sometimes I, I, I allow the options to, to, to come in front of me and I pick the wrong one. I know that in those times of temptation that we have a choice to make. And I, like I say, I firmly believe most times we make the right one. But sometimes the flesh is weak. And if you cannot admit that this morning, I believe that your heart is probably very hard and you need God to do a big adjustment because I think we have to admit that there are times when we fail the test. Come on now. Come on now. Amen. There you go. Goes right along with what we're hearing this morning. Matthew chapter 26, verses 39 through 41. And I, I find this scripture sandwiched in the middle of the two we read. Very interesting. And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray. Why? That you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. What did Jesus tell Peter here? You need to pray. Why? Because it's in that prayer, it's in that time spent with God that you get the power to overcome the temptation. It's when you spend the proper time in the presence of Jesus that you get the strength when that temptation comes before you to say, no way, devil. Why? Because I've been strengthened in the Lord. I am resting in His arms. I am trusting in His Word. And you can't have your way with me today. 
The Lord Jesus told Peter, it's so wonderful and interesting because Jesus has just spent this awesome time in prayer. Jesus has just, just spent this, this time praying to God in such a way that, you know, he sweat his great drops of blood and, and, and he comes back and his disciples are sleeping. Jesus is praying, oh, Father, let this cup pass for me. But, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And Peter is asleep instead of saying, oh, God, help me in the time of temptation because I know that temptation is coming. He's sleeping. And I wonder many times, Jesus, the Bible tells us, Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. He's saying, come on, people, spend some time with your Lord so that when temptation comes, you'll be able to defeat it. He doesn't pray that temptation won't come. He prays that as temptation comes, we will be able to overcome it in the power of Jesus Christ. And so he set the pattern for Peter. He says, listen, you need to pray because temptation is coming. You see, I think, and, and again, I'm not chastising anybody. I'm, I'm just saying, I think we as humans need to understand the importance and the need to spend time in the presence of God. I'm not just talking about reading your Bible, because if you just read your Bible and, and, and you don't, you're just reading it like you're reading a book, like you're just reading. But when you read the Bible, you need to allow the Bible to speak to you. Um, I think Mark Batterson says in another one of his things, he says, the Bible, we don't just read the Bible. The Bible reads us. When you give God the permission, the permission to to pick you apart when you're reading His Word. The permission to, to take that Word that you're reading and, and do something inside of you. When you say, God, I'm going to read Your Word, but I don't want it to just be words on a page. I want it to be life into my life. I want it to be something that changes me. I want it to be something that opens my heart up. I want it to be something that causes me to want You more than anything else. When you allow the Word of God to do that, you're allowing the presence of God to do something in you. When you come to church, don't come to church because the pastor is browbeating you to come to church. Come to church because you want to spend time in the presence with God and other believers that can strengthen you. I, I love, I'll just be honest, I've said a hundred million times, I love church. But one of the great things I love about church is being in His presence and sharing that with other people being able to, to let people share their experience with me and being able to share my experience with them and worshiping together and, and, and hearing the testimonies and the blessings of, the God, of God. I want so much for that presence to work in my life. You see, Jesus knew that the only way to overcome, overcome temptation was to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. The only way that I'm going to overcome temptation is not, not to pastor a church. It's not to go to church every week and Sunday school and Wednesday night Bible study. But when I'm there, to actually allow it to do something in my life. And when I'm home, to actually allow what I'm doing at home to do something in my life. 
I believe that God has such great things for us, but we must trust Him. You see, when Jesus came back, He picked out Peter in His chastisement. He picked out Peter and spoke him by name. I believe that He knew Peter was going to need some extra strength. That He knew Peter was going to need more. Jesus was letting Peter and us know that there will be a never-ending battle in our flesh. You know when the devil's going to give up on us? After our next victory? No. After we've declared, we will never do anything you tell us to do, devil. So you're never going to bother me again. That's when he's going to leave us alone? No. He's going to leave us alone when we take our last breath or when Jesus comes in the clouds and we go to see Jesus. Then we don't ever have to worry about the devil again, okay? Until then, you need to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might because the devil is going to come after you. He wants to destroy you. He hates you completely because you're a child of God, because you're a creation of God. And the only way to overcome temptation is in the power of Jesus Christ. We must totally submit ourselves to Jesus. And the only way we can do that, and we've heard about it already this morning, they didn't know this was in here and whatever, I didn't know what everybody else was going to say this morning, but the only way that's going to happen is if we spend time in His presence. If we spend time with Jesus. You see, the people we care about, we want to spend time with. The people we want a relationship with, we want to spend time with. And typically, we don't get to spend enough time with them, right? The people that we really care about, we think, oh man, I wish I could spend more time with them. That's why my wife is constantly saying, when can we have the kids and the grandkids over? Mostly it's the grandkids, but she says kids too. When can we have them over again? Why? Because we desire to spend time with them. And the same is true with our relationship with Jesus Christ. If we truly love Him, we will desire to spend time with Him. If we miss church, we're like, oh no, I miss church. Instead of, well, that was a good day. Oh, we didn't go to church? No. When, When I miss the opportunity, if you miss your Bible reading, it's like, oh man, I didn't get a chance to read my Bible today. When am I going to do it? I've got to schedule it in. When we truly desire something, we will go after it. When we really want more from God, we will go after it. When we really want His presence and power in our life, we will go after it. It doesn't matter how smart we think we are or how strong we think we are, we will not win the battle in the flesh on our own. You see, there are a lot of things that I think I can do. There are a lot of things I think I can lift. It's come to find out in these last few months that's not very much. Because when you got something wrong with you, it shows you your limitations. And the same is true in the flesh or in the spiritual realm. We sometimes think, oh, I can do everything. And then we realize we need God more than we ever dreamed. We need Him more than we could ever imagine. 
You see, it doesn't matter who we think we are or how good we think we are. We will lose the battle without Him. So the Spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. We're doomed, right? No. There's more to the story. Aren't you glad with God there's always more to the story? It's not always about your, it's not about your failures, but it's about point number three. The Savior restores. Come on, I was only got one amen out. The Savior restores. Hallelujah. You and I, we give into the flesh at times. But if we know the secret, if we know point three, if we know the fact that when we come to Him, He brings that restoration, we can be excited. Even in our failure, we can say, man, I blew it, but God, I'm coming back. Kind of reminds me of a couple of Facebook posts I've seen recently about an old blue car. Now come on. An old blue car that when it was designed and created and built, it was perfect. But over the course of time, it got old and worn out and needed restored. You see, many times throughout our lives, we, God, when God created man, He created man perfect. And because of sin, something happened. But He was always pointing to restoration. He's always pointing us to restoration. No matter where we've been or what we've done, He comes alongside and He always tries to get us going back to the point of restoration. Mark chapter 16, verses 6 and 7 says this, And He said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place they laid him. Now listen to this. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. You see, the angel of the Lord said, listen, Jesus has risen. He's not in the tomb. He's not dead. He's not decaying. He's alive. Now you go tell the disciples, and wait a minute. Make sure Peter gets the message. Make sure Peter knows that the Savior is alive. Make sure Peter knows that even though he failed, Jesus is still the restorer. You see, we don't, as humans, don't quite understand why Jesus did what He did. He was about to restore those who had fled in the middle of the fiery trial. What great friends Jesus had. Right? Maybe you feel like you've had those same friends, huh? It was okay as long as everything was going good, and I was telling them what they wanted to hear, and man, this was going good and that was going good, but as soon as there's a trial, as soon as there's a problem, as soon as there's a circumstance, all of our friends are gone. I'm telling you, Jesus is the restorer. You see, because not only did, did Peter leave the scene, but he even went further by denying he even knew Jesus. Think about it this way. Jesus suffered and died for his friends, and then they abandoned him. And then, 
one of his very closest friends denied him. Now he's alive. And you know where Jesus goes? He goes right back to the very ones who turned their back on him. Why would he do that? What kind of man would do that? What kind of man would would not choose a different group of people to go to? What kind of man would say, listen, I love them so much that no matter what they did, I want to restore them. No matter what they've said, I want them to know I love them. We're not talking about just the kind of man that you and I are. We're talking about somebody a little different. The kind of man that would hold out his arms on a cross and say, I did this for you. As people were spitting on him. As people were mocking him. Those hands outstretched were saying, I did this for you. As his disciples fled and ran away, as as Peter denied him, he says, I'm doing this for you. Because when he came back, when he rose again, he went back to the same group of failures that had told him, we won't do that, Lord. We won't leave you. We won't let you down. He goes back to that very same group of friends and restores them. What kind of man is this? You see, I, in our humanness and in our flesh, when somebody hurts us, we want to turn our back on them. We don't want to have anything to do with them. Now, Understand, I'm not. There's certain circumstances and situation of abuse and that kind. That's not what I'm talking about. But I believe in life we become so petty with things, we become so easy, easily offended. We just want to turn away. But if we were like Jesus, if we were like Jesus, we would do everything we can to restore those people. Now. Bible also tells us in one place, do, do what you can. You can't always restore. I, I understand that. You can't always, some people will, will refuse. But if we're like Jesus, we will do. But you know what? In Jesus' effort to restore, not everybody follows him either. Jesus simply did everything that he could to bring restoration the same as what you and I should do. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 22. On the evening of that day, the very first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be to you. He didn't come and say, You are all cursed. He said, Peace be with you. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so am I sending you. Not only did He restore them, He says, listen, God wants to use you. And and when He had said this, He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. You see, I believe like Peter, each one of us, has betrayed our Lord. Maybe we have denied Him. And maybe you're thinking, well, you know, Pastor, I always tell people I'm a Christian, if they ask. But the question is, do you always act like a Christian while they're watching? 
Matthew 7, 21 says this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. It's not enough to say we are Christians. We must live it out. We will be judged by God according to how we live out His Word. I want you to listen to this, and then I'm going to finish. I am Barabbas, a rebel, a prisoner. Death was the sentence for me. Then before Pilate, I stood there beside him. This man some were calling a king. And as the crowd shouted, crucify him, the soldiers let me go free. What kind of man 
bleeds for the worthless and saves him whatever it takes. What kind of man would rescue the sinner and offer amazing grace at Calvary? At Calvary for someone Pastor, why do we have to listen to that song for three weeks in a row? Because it has a message that goes right along with what I believe the Lord is speaking. When I hear that and when I think about what the Lord has laid on my heart these last three weeks, I find myself in that place of that when that bass singer stands up there and he says, and I've been all three. Because I've found myself in those situations. But what I've realized more than those situations is that Jesus Christ restores. I don't have to live in the doubt. I don't have to have to live in the, in the being guilty. I don't have to live in the, the phase that I've denied Him. What I want to live in in my life, what I want to stand in, what I want to understand is He restores. So He takes that past. He takes it and He wipes it clean. And so I don't have to live in it anymore. I don't have to think about it anymore. I don't have to wonder anymore. But I can know that He's a restorer. And what stands before Him now is the restored. Not the sinner. Not the guilty. Not the doubter. But the restored. The one who can say, Thank you, Lord. Because that was me, but it's not me now. It was me, but I've been set free. It was me, but you've taken that old car that some would have thought was a piece of junk, and you begin to work on it. And you begin to polish it. And you begin to refinish it. And although there's still some work to do, you're working it. And you're restoring me. The guilty set free, remember that. The doubter embraced and convinced, remember that. The denier restored, remember that. What kind of man is this? He is Jesus. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me this morning. Lord, in these closing moments today, God, if we find ourselves in a condition of doubt, in a condition of denial, in a condition of guilt, help us, Lord, to look past that to You and see You standing there with Your hands outstretched and saying, listen, come to me today and I will wipe away the doubt I will wipe away the sin, the guilt. I will wipe away all those things that you have done in the times that you have denied me and I will replace that 
with my restoration and my beauty. And Lord, if there's some here this morning that need that, I pray that your Holy Spirit would bring us to that place where we give it to you. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed this morning. You say, Pastor, you're a little wound today. Yeah, I'm a little passionate. But I believe the Holy Spirit wants to bring us to that place of restoration. So if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I need the Lord to do a restoration in me. I'm, I'm a Christian, but I've struggled. I've been struggling. I, I've got some issues. I just need the Lord to do some restoration on me this morning. I want you to, with your heads bowed and eyes closed, raise your hands. If you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I just need a work over. Thank you for those hands. Yes, I see those hands. Thank you for your honesty this morning. Thank you. But I also ask you this morning, if you're in a place where you haven't asked the Lord to forgive you of your sins, you haven't been released from that sin, I want you to know this morning that the Lord is here to completely forgive you, not partially, not for some of it, but He is here to forgive you completely of your sin. The Bible tells us if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all, all, A-L-L, -L, all unrighteousness. If you're here this morning, you would say, Pastor, I, just, I need Him to forgive me. I need Him to forgive my sin today. I bring it to Him, and I'm going to leave here forgiven. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray with you. Would there be one this morning that would say, yes, Pastor, pray with me. Why don't we stand? If you're standing next to somebody this morning, I want you to just hold their hand, touch them on the shoulder, if you know them, you want to wrap your arms around them, whatever. You, we're, going to, we're going to close and, and we're going to pray for each other this morning that God would truly give us that restoration. There are several that raised their hands this morning. You don't, don't need to know who they are. Just pray that God would strengthen each one of us this morning as we close in this time. Lord God, today, I pray for my brothers and my sisters in this place. God, so many of them raised their hands. So many of them are, are crying out, Lord, for a restored work in their lives, Lord. So many of them are asking you today, God, to touch them and strengthen them. God, to help them to turn away from those and help them to be able to defeat temptation. Help them to be able, Lord God, to just trust in you more. And today, Lord, we believe that you're the restorer. You're the restorer of hope. You're the restorer of peace. You're the restorer of the broken today. And so, Lord God, today we just ask that your Holy Spirit would sweep over this place with restoration, Lord, with hope, Lord, renewed desire for more of you today. Lord, maybe our, our, our passion for you needs restored. God, today restore passion. Restore, Lord, a desire for more of you. Restore, Lord, that desire to have you more than anything else in this world. And so, Lord, when we leave this place today, help us, Lord, to go forth in power, that restored power, Lord,
that the whole world will see and know that we have been in the presence of the Almighty God. And Lord, we thank you for that today. In Jesus' name, amen.